bowels of One Half Radio Plaza at Life Media Studios. Hello, folks. Welcome back to Real Country Radio. Congratulations, Detroit. You can be thoroughly ashamed of yourself. The homicide tool has reached a nice even 750. Details on the latest leveling from Police Sergeant... Coming up now, we're going to start off the set with... ...in the morning. The hitless tigers could use this guy's talents. Mount Clemens police have a 36-year-old man in custody. Seems he got home about 5 o'clock this morning from an all-night spree. That ticked off the little lady who unleashed a verbal barrage at the man. That apparently the last straw for him. He picked up his genuine Willie Mays power eyes lightning strike Louisville slugger baseball bat. Proceeded to hit a thousand on the woman's head. Pull you up a chair and listen to this. How you hurt me? Oh, how you call me 
Holy crap. It's a sidetrack show. Oh my gosh. This is a thing? Hmm. It indeed it is. Oh my gosh. The long anticipated it's final good. return. This is almost as bad as the last Star Wars movie. Could we take a little longer? Yeah. I don't know. It's crazy. Finally, we're here. I got Cortland Bowles in studio with me. Um, to answer the initial question, where the hell have you been? Here, there, and everywhere. Taking a nap. Taking a nap. There's been a lot of naps. Yeah, talking to the dog. Uh, kicking the oh, Yeah, sorry. Talking to the dog, not kicking it. <laughs> uh, career change. Well, not career change, but job change. I'm now really working at Dirty Hooker Diesel. I think a lot of people assumed that. What? Oh, my gosh. This yeah. is a huge surprise to everyone. Shocking. I know. Wow. Gave that up, uh, the HSP thing up over the summer. Um, traveled to a lot of events that... I hadn't been to before in far-flung corners of the country and inked the deal this afternoon. Now I'm going to Oklahoma. Never been there. Look at you traveling, man. Oh, Oklahoma. Where the wind? No singing. Uh, dealing with stuff. My father uh, fell here about a month ago, broke his hip. He's been having some pretty heavy-duty health issues that we've been trying to sort through. And uh, he's not back home yet, trying to get get it to where he can be home. That eats up a lot of time. And then um, his sister, my godmother, she passed away yesterday. So uh, I've eliminated a car against a deer in the last month, and finally insurance paid off on that yesterday so I can go get something else. Resurrected the elephants. I'm driving the truck. I, I When I say I've been busy, I mean I've been busy, and some of that stuff is just way more important than this. Well, you know, family and uh, life definitely always comes first. You don't want to be... Taking too long doing other crap that doesn't matter. Well, it matters. I mean, this is what this does keep me immensely occupied. It keeps you motivated too. Um, the the stuff that I've thought about in the last been five months, I think, since we did one of these. Um, I've thought about a lot of shit and have a lot to say, but we're not going to do it all tonight because it would be a seven hour long show, I think, if I remembered it all. And uh, Cortland doesn't want to listen to me talk for that long. Well, your memory's a little better than mine, so. Go for it. I don't know. I could give her. I'm not going to say it. it. It could be rough, but I know you had some things you want to talk about. I, I definitely have a couple things I for sure want to hit on and um, try to get uh, get us going and resurrect the Dirty Hooker Diesel Studios and also uh, bring on our new sponsor for 2020, Lock Performance from Napanee, Indiana. Thanks to Tristan Raymer and the guys for getting behind sidetracked for the coming year. Wow, look at that. I know, right? Another fantastic sponsor. Great team. It's a good group of people, and this this program, we only work with people we really believe in and who believe in us, and I can truly say that the the team behind this program, uh, they're all people who have become good friends, uh, maybe better than friends, family almost, and, and I really believe in what they're doing and very much appreciate uh, them being being a part of this. So, uh, what do you want to do first? You tell me. First thing I want to talk about is um, I'm going to be a land speed geek, so we're going to hold off on the pulling for a minute. Ooh. All right, who's going fast and where? Uh, They were going really fast in Africa, South Africa. The Bloodhound team finally got down there and was able to do some testing runs. And I think they're they're fastest of the, the – they were planning to go by stages – I think 250 miles an hour the first time and then work in 50 mile per hour increments. And I don't think it quite broke down exactly that way um, with some of the things they were system check downs they were doing, but they wound up getting to 638. Excellent. Uh, 
record still 767, I think it is. They're planning to go back. It probably won't be in 2020. It'll probably be 2021. They'll go back and try to actually break the record and, and go faster. And then we'll see if they're going to have the cojones to actually go for a thousand miles an hour. Could you? All right. Just imagine that you're going across the desert and you and I think that maybe 100, 150 mile an hour is fast on a highway. Yeah. We're on a closed course Mexican road. Go out in the middle of a, a sandy yeah. wasteland and you're going to do almost 700 miles an hour on pavement that or on, on the dirt. That's, that's absolutely unreal. Yeah. It's, um, it's a place I can't necessarily get my head into and, Clearly for the project and Thrust SSC before it, they felt like they needed a fighter pilot instead of a driver, and that's exactly what they have in Andy Green. Yeah, and he, he does an excellent job piloting the car. Yeah, he certainly knows his knows his shit. There, there's no disputing that. Um, contrast that and their success and their methodical approach with what happened in the Alvor Desert prior to them uh, getting going in South Africa with the North American Eagle team and the death of Jesse Combs. Yes. That effort, that, that I can't even call it a car really. It's, it's, um, it was a it's an airframe. Yeah. You know, it was, it's it was, an next jet. Yeah. It was essentially a, a rocket on wheels with no wings. Right. They've been working on that for probably close to 20 years. And the more that I've come to know about their effort and their project, I, I don't want to take anything away from the late Ed Shadle and his dream for that project but there was a lot in the approach that was very seat of the pants very 1960s-esque it was still just the the jet canopy there was no roll cage uh, jesse was not even wearing a fire suit in this thing and i guess ed had made the comment before he passed away um not in the car un- unrelated to that it was health issues for, for ed shadel but before he passed away well you don't need, you're not gonna need any of that stuff because if something goes wrong in this thing You'll be dead before you know it. You're going to be dead before anything happens anyway. You contrast that with what the Bloodhound team is doing where it is a very much... Granted, there's no no SFI spec for a 700-mile-an-hour car. There's no chassis cert for that. No, not really. But the Bloodhound team is doing a little bit more, I want to say an orthodox way, but they're taking the approach towards more of a a traditional race car. Yeah. Think about um, when when the world lost miles out in the desert racing the Ford GT Mark II. Yes. No roll cage, no nothing, brake fade. Yep. Didn't understand the aerodynamics of the car, and it, it, it didn't end up doing essentially a barrel roll and, yeah. and collapsing. So having the uh, the added safety features in a race car, it, it's obviously a necessary evil, no matter how fast you're going. It for sure is. Um, and on top of that, you know, it, it's, an, it's an airframe, okay? It was never meant to go bouncing along a, a desert a desert or a road. Yeah. And so we had a, they had a, a front wheel assembly failure. That's all it's ever been described as. And it's probably all we're ever going to find out. And they say that she died of head trauma or an impact way before the fire had set in and took care of everything else, which I suppose it makes me feel a little better. And not, not particularly though, but I mean, but it didn't. Ha- it didn't have to happen. Didn't no, have to be it, that it, way. It easily could have been avoided you know, with a proper safety system. It's something that could have been could have been different, and like you said, imagine the speed of it. Um, there, you'd have to do some digging to find this. I found it on. I did find it on YouTube. Somebody had gone out to Alvord Desert after this had happened, and they found the spot where it came apart. Where it came apart, and then followed the tracks off course into some scrub brush, where the thing finally stopped moving and just burned. 
um, that she was going 550 miles an hour when it went wrong. Okay, so imagine 550 that, miles an hour. So that thing slid. Probably a quarter of a mile, easy. Oh, miles plural. Yeah. I mean, it slid. This is a 15-minute video to get to the end of this thing. He's riding yeah. an ATV following it. Oh, then um, it's not a surprise. It When it goes wrong, I mean. It's catastrophic. You'd, I've often said the smart-ass phrase, you'll starve before you stop sliding. Yeah. Yep, you're right. Yeah, it didn't need to happen, so it's kind of a kind of a sad deal there, and two contrasting approaches. And um, sounds like things at Bonneville for the salt season were kind of kind of on the quiet side. So we'll see what um, what twenty twenty is going to hold. Twenty twenty has got to be better because twenty nineteen has been a kick in the dick. Twenty nineteen has easily been one of the roughest years across all motorsport sports and even personal life. Yeah, personal life too. I mean, me and this has been the. It's been rough. I won't say it's been a completely shitty year because some wonderful things have happened. But oh, absolutely! I I can at least uh, accredit 2019 to my better half. But beyond that, I'm tired of going to funerals, though. Oh, you and I both. My black pants are actually starting to turn gray. They're getting faded. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, speaking of things that may or may not be dying or might already be dead, where do you want to go next? You want to go on, go into your side or my side? You know, I I I kind of want to see where you go. And uh, we'll kind of determine from there, because realistically, the things I want to go off of, well, it's more of a minor rant than an actual uh, discussion. Okay. I really had to, I've really, I've wanted to do this show, this next piece of this show for probably a couple months, and I I held off because a piece of me inside said you really shouldn't shit where you eat breakfast. Absolutely, yeah. Never shoot shit where you eat. Yeah, you know, keep it clean. Keep it clean because you just don't know who's listening, and maybe this will come to bite you in the ass for for pissing off the wrong people. But I see a situation developing right now where if some of those people don't get motivated and do something really, 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 really soon, shit's gonna hit the fan. There will be nothing left to be concerned about them being pissed at me for it. And I'm talking about the NTPA. I feel like things are going down in flames. Big time. Uh, it's a very, very tenuous situation, and, and I see nothing but crickets. I hear nothing but crickets. I see no signs of urgency and no, no, okay, is, nobody is, giving a shit. Is an outside ear, essentially, and outside eyes for the NTPA, because I haven't been deeply involved with it. You don't hear anything whatsoever about what's going on behind the scenes. You don't know if no. it's healthy and alive. You don't know if it's dying. You don't know if it's going to merge with something. All you know is it's still there. Is it alive? Is it dead? Is it in between? No one knows. Yeah, I mean, let's 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 set the scene. Why why do I feel this way? Last spring, we were told Dave Schreier is going to step down from WPI, and and a replacement will be named. It was supposed to be in April. There's never been a formal announcement. We still don't know who's driving this bus. Right now, I think it's on Tesla autopilot, and it's about to run into a bollard. I was thinking Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny myself, but all right. Yeah, well, they're all equally fictitious characters in my book exactly um we don't know who the hell's driving the bus i see we we get to this fall and the, the the cloverdale thing with the light supers and this proposal for the vent tubes i don't have a problem with them if there was a well there was there was legitimate concern on behalf of the, the event promoter they wanted to do something about the fumes in the building that's fine ntpa made a proposal and then presented it to the public and to the class. The people in the class may have gotten 
a, a more broken down description of why it was designed the way it was. Maybe they didn't. Um, but it, it just, it didn't go well. It wasn't received well. There was a lot of people who saw a lot of things wrong with it, including pullers in the class who looked at it and said, hell no, I'm not bolting that on my tractor. No way. Um, especially when it was presented as being a, a, uh, a trial and error sort of a thing. And, uh, Hey, we're going to run this at, uh, Cloverdale. And if it works great, then we'll use it at Shipshawana. If it doesn't, we'll bin it. Well, so are they, uh, trying to reinvent the wheel here and, and make a different kind of fume extractor or should they try to use something that's maybe like it? You can Louisville. go to Louisville. You could go to the, any well, other big indoor pole. It, it's the extraction system is the same as, as what Louisville uses. What they wanted the alcohol tractors to do is have the pipes come up and come back at the same height as all the diesel guys do. But then at the, basically the front of the cowl from your dashboard, it would stop and there'd be an air gap there. And the thinking was that that would allow air to mix in and you would not have a fume buildup in the rest of the system that could potentially combust, which alcohol fumes can do. That uh, Yeah, no, alcohol. I, I guess I'm sitting here trying to understand. I understand the need for a possible air gap, but it only needs to be a matter of inches, but it has to be baffled as well to break up the flow of air. Otherwise, you're just going to introduce oxygen into the system or standard outside air, fill it up, and now you have a tube that could be, well, a boom tube. Yeah, that was that was another thought of mine. And even beyond that is in with the pipes ending there, if something were to go wrong, if there was to be a turbo failure or, or a head gasket failure or what have you, the driver's, the driver's about it. to take an oil bath. Yep. Or eat a face full of fire or whatever. I just, yep. He better keep that face shield down the whole track. Yeah. And so the driver's pushed back. And in that pushback, it seemed like the response from NTPA was, well, we're the people who brought you the roll cage and we designed this and we think it's good. And if you don't like it, screw you. Then we just want to run your class. Fuck you. You're out. So essentially, it's one of those moments where it's, oh, it's always been this way. We've done it. It works. We like it. Screw you. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, um, outside thinking's frowned upon. Got it. Lots of obstinacy, probably on both sides. I'm not going to... I think both sides could take some blame for this. The pullers probably hemmed, hawed, bitched, moaned, whatever. But NTPA also didn't listen to them. Well, I mean... For an organization that purports to be run by the pullers, yeah, you really screwed the pooch on this one. And then you took an attitude about it. You've got Larry Richwine posting on NTPA's tech board on Facebook, which is, look, if Larry, if you want to say those kind of things and, and be, be a commentator and you want to do it on your own personal page, that's fine. I don't think those, some of those comments, though, should be coming out via an official sanctioning body channel. I don't think that's the right way to present yourself. And quite frankly, it came off very whiny and a little bit entitled. Um, I used to, while I still do have a, a, an amount of respect for you, but dude, what are you doing? And for those on the NTPA board and WPA board or WPI board, why are you allowing that to happen? A show like this one, we set ourselves up as commentators. No, we aren't commentators when we're at the track announcing a show, but when I'm here on this mic, this mic's mine. I bought this damn thing. I'll say whatever the fuck I want. Oh, so what you're saying is it's your paycheck. You don't care. Yeah. I, well, well, I, I care. You, you care. You, you, you I just, care, but I have sponsors behind me that agree with me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, fair enough. Fair yeah. Enough. I have I have license and endorsement <laughs> to do this. Well, I guess so you're going to If you think you're going to call up uh, Dirty Hooker or Prime Diesel or Diesel Freak and, 
well, you shouldn't sponsor that sidetrack guy. You're probably going to get hung up on and maybe laughed at, and not necessarily in that order. Well, they may or may not send a wonderful Amazon package of a uh, gummy dick or two. If you're going to be hey. funny, you might as well go all out. Just do it. Go for one. Thank you, media. <laughs> yeah, I don't, you know, I got a sense of humor. I, I can take a joke at anything. That's fine. I don't give exactly. a shit. Exactly. I'll laugh at anything. But I, I just, I get concerned. I see stuff like that. And, and then and then the post comes on the, the tech service Facebook page. Oh, people get surprised when you treat them like you, they treat you. Well, you're, you're a tech director for a motorsport sanctioning body. If you didn't think you were going to get shit on, you're in the wrong job. No kidding. I mean, you, this isn't a Walmart greeter position, kids. Yeah. I mean, you you got the crosshairs on your back pretty much permanently. Yeah, at that point, that's... Uh... So we got those things happening. Then Josh Steinmetz leaves. Uh, Josh ran their... Did a lot of their live streaming work. Did a lot behind the scenes on the website. Was very, very good for them in terms of promoting. He left um, to spend time with families. He's, he's got a young family and, and doesn't want to be on the road as much, which... That's totally agreeable. I can appreciate and understand. Absolutely. Um, I have talked to Josh quite a bit at shows, and I think of him as a friend, and, and he's always been very, very kind to me. Um, I sense that there's more to that story. There there well, was some disenfranchisement. Well, ju- just remember, there's always three stories, yours, theirs, and the truth. And There is. I didn't push him too far on it and I because I knew... I mean... Know, it, just it, I wouldn't presume on a friendship like that. Exactly. And, and, and if he's keeping it clean, good for him. And, and that's fine. Um, he went to, if I'm not mistaken, he went to the parent company behind Hotshot Secrets. So, okay, yeah. Uh, hopefully, we're not done seeing him at tracks. You know, it'd be cool to run into Josh here and there. I, I, that'd be awesome. Because, uh, I, like I said, I think he he's a good guy. And he was definitely an asset to the association. He left behind some pretty big shoes to fill. So now we get to the banquet time, and all of a sudden the. Maybe if you were on the inside or part of the class, you knew this was coming, but the bombshell announcement that pro stock chargers are going to get a limit in 2020 on the exhaust side at six inches. Yeah, even people on the outside of tractors have heard about that, and there's been a little bit of chatter and, and I guess, disenchantment of, of, about it. But Yeah, I, I, for one, I'm not spending the money, so take this as you, as you will, but as, as a fan, as, a, as somebody who gets excited about the class, I loved the idea that it was one charger, big as you want, bring it. Yeah, absolutely. The it, ul- it, it makes it more exciting for everybody to watch. The ultimate single charger class. Now, is that yep. good for the sustainability of the class long term? Possibly no. Possibly no. Now, for the fans, though. But for the fans. Sitting trackside, that is a hell of a show. And I think the Connies were trying to prove a point when they went to Wagglers and did that shootout deal this past fall that... I, you know what? The, the guys in the, maybe it wasn't a shock announcement to the guys in the class. They had to know this was coming. I've heard rumors, and I am this is like eighth hand that part of the reason why Connie's did that shootout is because they wanted to prove that hey, you know, unlimited charger works, and we can get we can get twenty five thirty tractors to show up, and they did to do the to do real heads up pro stock. Long term, is it maybe the best thing for the class? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's not. I guess it's all going to depend on. How everything performs. You put them on the track all with a, a, I guess, a sanctioned charger that says, all right, no bigger than X, and you're only allowed to run X amount of fuel on top of that. We're either going to have a whole lot of tractors going the exact same distance and doing the exact same thing, or we're going to have guys getting creative, and we're going to find ourselves a Dale Earnhardt in the pile that wants to go a little faster, a little further. Yeah, and that's the thing that I see. So I've heard the argument being bandied about, well, it's the expense of the charger that's gotten out of control. They're expensive, they're expensive. 
tell that to the super farm guys. Okay. Three inch by three inch charger. And they're spending unbelievable amounts of money for this dinky last little thing because you put them in that box. You're an engineer. You tell me if I'm wrong on this. If you've got a proven technology that works on your exhaust wheel and your turbocharger design, and it, it's sweet, but the next increment is to either go get locked in at six inches and now you got to go to work on it and refine it or go into your AutoCAD program and just hit 110%. Okay, now make the same thing we already designed before, but just make it 10% bigger. Okay, from an engineering perspective, what you're going to run into is a whole whole lot of guys that are going to have to squeeze real hard to make their charger work. Yeah. And in reality, yes, it would be a whole lot cooler and a whole lot better if you say, you know what? You can run a little bit larger exhaust housing, or you can go a little bit larger on the charger and make them have to work around fuel restraints. Yeah. Do injectors. Do a fuel delivery system. Because at that point, they're no longer trying to squeeze something out of a charger. You're trying to squeeze it out of the fuel. And the argument I've heard against that is is policing it. Well. You can slug check a charger. Yeah. you. I mean, you can slug check a charger, yes. But on the same time, at that point, you'd almost have to have like a, oh boy. A, a bench test for every single pump in the NTPA. Yeah. So the feasibility for that. See, here's where here's where here's where it becomes gets muddy and gets messy. I, I see this as the the ultimate single charger class. It's what it should be. And if it's not sustainable for the class to be one turbo, but it basically no other rules. Well, the leadership should have nipped that in the bud. 40 years ago, when this class started, and put a reasonable cubic inch limit in place. They didn't. It was set at 680. That's what you've got. Yep. And so now you've got, there are, like it or not, there are 30 or 40 tractors that can show up on a given night and run at 680 cubic inches, big turbo, and they really don't hear too much bitching about how much it costs them to do it. Because they have a good time going on the track. Because they're doing it. And they are maxed out. Maxed out. Along with that at the banquet, you get this. The tentative schedule comes out for what the Grand National Tour is going to be for 2020 and within a week Galat facility says we're going to do a, a now how rich is this an event called the no bull pull wait wait a no bull pull on tractors that have a restricted charger size Th- that's a little weird they did adopt the ntpa rules for that class but for super stock they're going to run what you brung they're going to run diesel and open super against each other. And oh, by the way, you've got a 903 Cummins V8. Bring it. No. And they're, no. Putting all the, they're putting all the money into the purse. And well, how can you pay $8,000 to win on every class? Eh, the comment was, right, and I'd have to go find it, but it was from Dana Strickland. Well, if you don't pay the sanctioning fee, guess what? We got more money to give to the pullers. Oh. All right. Well, uh, hmm. And I don't hear anything coming out of Worthington about any of this. Not a peep. Not a peep. You just had your newest Super National run by people who are very committed to motorsports, both in pulling and drag racing. They own a facility. They provided some of the best grounds out there for an event to attend in an area of the country that, honestly, NTPA has lost its toehold in, and so has PPL, to be fair. Pulling is strong out on the eastern seaboard. Oh, yeah. Just not on the big sanctioning body body levels. You have this event, and now you lost it. You lose one of your top media guys. You're screwing the pooch about some indoor stuff. 
Maybe they need a set of fresh eyes. I don't hear a damn sound coming out saying, what are you going to do about it? And if you want to extend the time frame back a little farther, Wolverine State is hanging on, on life support. Hoosier State's on life support. You let Mid-South go to PPL. I There's a 1992 Puller magazine sitting here on, on, on the floor next to me. And at the back, it lists all the member states and who the delegates are and the president and secretary, I think, for, for each one of them. Great Lakes Group up in Canada. Quebec Pullers. New Hampshire, Vermont, Pennsylvania, Illinois. All these states are represented in NTPA. That that base, that root of the tree is gone. And I don't I don't see a roadmap. I don't hear anything. I, it's just like, oh, shucks. <laughs> we'll be fine. That's not a response. All right. Well, how would you say that? What if they're in the paranoia stage, like some of these guys that are worried about the EPA deal? What if the NTPA is concerned about the whole motorsports? Maybe. I mean, could that be a possible fear? Maybe. Could it be a problem? Maybe. Um, as a receiver of said visit, uh, there was no, I didn't see any, I was not given the impression that there was any desire from them to come after motorsports because they recognize that they're, they're an off-road vehicle. Technically, yeah, they, and they recognize it, it, that as as a as a percentage of contribution to emissions, motorsports is infinitesimally small, right? It, compared to everything compared, else, I was saying compared there. to daily driver tra- traffic and even just over the road trucking, yeah, it's I mean, nothing. You know, but I mean, some volcano in Haiti, Haiti farts one day, and it's more emissions than motorsports will ever make. Yeah, I mean, look at Mount St. Helens; she screwed it for all of us. Yeah, right, yeah. Damn it. But, uh, you know, it, I I don't think that's necessarily the issue. I just, I, I think. Or are they just underprepared? Underprepared? I don't think, I don't think they know ready. what the hell to do. Well, I mean. They, it, I had also heard, this is more some, this one's some conjecture, but I had heard that they had lost uh, a lot of their series sponsors going into 2020. They signed one new one. Um, Angry Farmer jumped on board. Yep. Um, boy, he's. Uh, Bumped into him at PRI. Boy, he's going to try some cool shit. Maybe we'll get to that. He's going to try some cool shit in 2020. But that, and, that, and that's good. That's to be celebrated. But he's also has two trucks that compete on your series. So there, there is some self-interest for him to do that. Right. Plus, yeah, it's yeah. a tax write-off. I'm sure I can tell he's, he's successful in business. So what you're saying is it's a little bit of the I'm saving some money, and it's the other thing of I'm promoting the hell out of my own business. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. Never. If, if I could do it, I would. Absolutely. So would I. I'm a whore. Why do you think all my a lot of shit I wear says DHD on it? Damn, look at those legs. Ooh, baby. Mm. Coming soon. Yoga pants. You do not want to see me model those. I was thinking short shorts and uh, tube socks up to your knees, but all right. Hey, Tanya, come here. Ooh. <laughs> Thongs coming soon. I think those are called banana hammocks by uh, men's standards. Oh. Hmm. Or are you just going to go grab one out of her drawer and try it on? Uh, No. Hashtag freedom. I'd rather just go totally free and not wear anything at all. Come on, Watch the zipper. <laughs> oh, geez. But anyway, it, it's a concern for me. Where's, where's this bus going with NTPA? Where is the... 
the leadership, that strong personality that's going to grab this organization by the scruff of its neck and <laughs> nothing like punctuating your points with randomness. Uh, grab by the scruff of its neck and push it forward. And well, oh, sounds like a volunteer. No, trust me, I'm not the guy. I know my own personal limitations and why I wouldn't be able to be any good at it. Holy shit, you have limits? <laughs> yeah, lots. Whoa. And there are personal reasons why I wouldn't do it as well. Number one, I'm I'm not, well, in this day and age, you could run as an organization such as this from anywhere in the world. You don't have to be where in Ohio or Indiana. Ooh, it so you can doesn't matter. do it from your kitchen and your underwear if you really felt like it. Yeah, you could. Um, no, there's there's other reasons, you know. First and foremost, I'm a divorced father in three. I got to make sure that paychecks come through. And well, not only that, got to be there for the kids. And yeah, and that's the other piece. I don't want to, they're, they're, my oldest is a sophomore in high school and my other two are in middle school. They're at that age where they're going to be in, they are in all these activities. I want to be there because I realize fully that in about seven years, they're hey. gone, they're gone to college. All of them. Yep. This is over this phase of my life and I'm not ready to let it go yet. So there's there's a huge reason why I'm not the guy. You know what? And as somebody that went went away to college, did the whole nine yards, became an engineer, I still built the hot rods, built the cars with dad, and now when I go sled pulling and stuff, he's at the track with me. So be there in the beginning, like my dad was, and at the end they'll show back up the track. Or you can even go watch them. Either way, it, it Yeah. We reverse roles as we get older. Yep, and my son's taking some interest in it. I don't I don't think you're gonna you're gonna ever hear him as an announcer. I don't think that's really what he's interested in. But could you see him out there as hey. really as a flagger or a tech uh, official? Absolutely. Hey, you know what? As somebody that's worked trackside multiple times, it's a blast. It's hard to get away from the thrill. Yeah, he he would he would enjoy that much more. Probably a better fit for his personality. Well, and also, if he wanted to get into the the photography side of it too, that's even that's a big deal. I see the girls, Allie, so? Allie particularly. You think so? Yeah. Well, I mean you. That one right there. Yeah, those are some gorgeous you know, shots. She's got a great picture. She's shown interest in doing it and, and has an eye. So I can see her doing that too. Not that there's there's only a few photographers you've seen to make any money doing this, and I am not one of them. Yeah. I, too nice. I give shit away. I am I'm literally along for the ride. I go just to have a good time. Ninety percent of the photography thing for me, it's not even like I don't care if anybody I don't care if nobody ever buys any of my images. I don't care if you don't even like them. I'm, you know, many people know my, my grandfather was a, made his living with a camera and was a photography for the Detroit Free Press and other private contracts that he had as well. And Park Davis Pharmaceuticals and some other companies he he would do, do work for. But, um, I just want to see, I just, I just want to play the damn camera. I want to see if I can get that shot. It's more of a challenge for me. And when I get sit down a week later, a start couple, going through a couple days later after the show and start going through them. I, there's, there's, there's time, there's, there's images I remember that got taken, whether it was on purpose or it was an accident. And I, I'm like, I just, I gotta, I gotta see, did I get this? You know, as somebody, I don't always get to take pictures. Um, when we went down to UCC this year, my girlfriend took her wonderful camera. We caught the entire DHD explosion frame by frame all yeah. the way to the time it rolled off the dyno. We have over a thousand frames of that truck coming apart. And you will not believe some of the details you missed when it's happening in front of you. Oh, absolutely. And we can go back through. It's like a, a, a thumb picture book from when you were a kid. 
You put your thumb on there, roll through, and you can watch every second. You can see where everybody is. You can see where all the parts went. You can see the fire crew on. I, it, it, all the parts except one. Well. There's one we still, to this day, have no idea. It's still in orbit, I think. Okay, you know what? It wanted to go visit the uh, the Elon Musk random <laughs> rocket car. So it was singing, Rocket Man, as yeah. it went for the uh, the atmosphere. Yeah. Either that turbine wheel vaporized itself or it's still flying somewhere. Well, that's the only thing we could not find. Yeah, Dollar Shadow Donut says it's probably turned to vapor and powder. It likely did. It, it, it hit enough shit on its way out of the truck. <laughs> <laughs> like a buzzsaw. Oh, my gosh. Boing. Away she goes. Uh, fuel rail, let me take that. Fuel line, let me take that. Intake type, let me take you know that. What? Firewall, bang. Windshield, bang. oh, you don't need that either. Oh, Pow. nope. nope. Oh, hang on. Let's put an extra Jesus. hole in the hood, right? Oh, you know what? Uh, measure twice. Cut. Nope. Measure. Nope. Just cut it. Cut it right here. Yeah. And she's gone. I do know where the compressor wheel is, though. Uh, Somewhere not far off your left elbow. It's on this table. Oh, hey. Look. Ooh, wow. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I'm holding a piece of moon dust. Yeah. Wow. It's vaguely identifiable as what once was a 118 millimeter compressor, but vaguely, um, I've seen rocks that look more like a turbo wheel. <laughs> wow, that's uh, that's a little on the rough side, just a bit. You know what? A, a quick tune up, toss a wheel in it, it should be fine. She's gonna get a tune up, all right, and more than a wheel. Now, are we gonna see it back at UCC, or is it just gonna stay home and look badass and pretty in the mitten? No, it's it'll be there. Excellent. It will be there. I don't know. Fresh paint? No. <sighs> no. It doesn't need fresh paint. Who are we kidding? It will be fresh paint. The question is, will it look like it's been toasted or not? But okay. it will be fresh paint. Okay. And the, the main reason it's going to be fresh paint is the truck is going to have to get painted, and there's a very simple reason why. We're quick enough. There's bars we have to add for our chassis cert. So it yeah. has to come apart. It, it has, has to, to get welded on. It is going to get painted, yes. And the thing was, before it caught fire, it was, you could eat out of this truck. I mean, it was oh, mint. I know. It was absolutely beautiful. So is it going to be restored to that pristine state? You bet your ass it is. Now, oh, on the yeah. outside, are we, going to, are we going to do a clean wrap or are we going to do the roasted marshmallow wrap? Uh, that, there's only one guy who can make that determination. and It's the big man himself. It's the big man himself. You know what? A roasted marshmallow, though? Come on. I'm fine with it either way. At this point, initially, in the first six months after it happened, I wanted it to stay roasted marshmallow, looking like a s'more, <laughs> looking like a s'more. <laughs> but removed from it now, and remembering what I worked on before yeah. that happened, well, well, it's like God, the thing really was well, freaking awesome. When I see the pictures that I took last year at Burville of it, I sit there and go, "Why? Why do I love it as a burnt marshmallow? It was so clean, so perfect white." I, I, I remember I, yeah. that. Yeah, he was, he had both trucks there at Burville, and. and we had some downtime, nothing going on. Tossed up on the dyno. <laughs> well, but even before he did that, um, he didn't clean the trucks. They came out of the trailer that clean. And, you know, Tony can't sit still. He was sitting in both trucks. He had his label maker out, and he was labeling the switch panels I saw in both that. trucks. Yep. And just, you know, the floorboard literally clean, like hospital white clean. Oh, yeah. It, it literally, it looked like Grandma's Fine China. Yeah. It was so clean. It, it was unbelievable. Yeah. Just an absolute jewel piece. So it's going to go back to that. Um, billet bitch is, uh, it's sitting on cardboard right now in the engine room, just a bare block. You know what? If gravity ever turns off, that cardboard is safe. Not as safe as if it had a 
stock block sitting on it. Yeah, well, you know, details, details. We, we did find out how much we're saving with that. Because when I came back from being... About three pounds? Check, more than that. Couple three. Couple three. Probably multiple. I'll tell you. It's fine. I don't mind. It's not, you know, it's not a big secret. We'll tell you. Uh, a standard block, iron block, Duramax block with mains in it is 265 pounds on our scale to shop. And this one was 172 with mains. Wow. And and for the, you'd say it doesn't sound like much, but consider the 265-pound block still has open water jacket. It's not filled. Right, Which yeah. if you're going to compete at this level, you're, if you're filling that block. Oh, yeah, you're, you're putting cement in it. So, but, so, so by the time you're done, you've got a, a 325, 330-pound block. And we have one that weighs 172. And it's already filled. And it's already filled. Roll. And I I did well, some I did block. some asking did some digging to kind of figure out how that compares with um, the billet hemi blocks for both alcohol and nitro yeah we're within about fifteen pounds no kidding yeah that's impressive so you know th- some wheels started turning is what else could we put this in and you know the concern is always well what about the weight yeah. I mean, you consider we're running a billet crank, billet rods. Realistically. Fancy pistons like all the Hemi guys use. It's not heavier. No, it's really not going to weigh anything. You could build that into a, a pro street car in heartbeat. Or a rail. What are, realistically, anything. 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 Yeah. And, and I'm not so sure that um, Corey Willis's new Corvette Pro Mod that uh, Wade Moody's driving. I couldn't look through the turbo inlet hole at PRI to see, but... I would not be surprised if there's an LSM block in that car too. Wouldn't wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, it wouldn't shock me at all. No, especially with we, well, actually, you know, being a, a pro mod like that, it probably has to be an LSM block. I would, for weight I would think because of restrictions in the car. Yeah, I would think so. All we know is it's fast and it makes fun sounds. <clears throat> That's this is true. This is true. How did we get here, boy? That that we we really got sidetracked, didn't we? Well, I mean, isn't that the name of the show? It is. It is. Agenda says what? There isn't one. Nope. I agree. What do you want to talk about? Oh, boy. Um, well, I, th- I think it's been a rant in the past. Um, essentially, it's going to go back to... do it now? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> now. Do it now. Um, essentially, this was my first summer pulling. I've tagged along with Andrew Armstead for God knows how long now. Long enough that I grew a beard. Um, Fuck it! <laughs> I have flagged, I have teched, I have done just about everything under the sun, and he was up my ass. And that's the way I grew up, and that's the way I'm on a bait. Exactly. Well, he was up my ass to build a pulling truck. But, of course, I had a stipulation. It had to be powered by a 6.5 liter turbo diesel. My critics can eat it. <laughs> it's literally the world's strongest uh, snapping turtle. Um, (laughs) i'm pretty sure snails are faster when you put salt on the ground it needs to run away so essentially you you got to taste taste some slow truck this afternoon so you know well i mean i am literally what does uh lawrence abby call me oh the the turtle king turtle king yeah i literally have a shirt with a turtle and a crown on it i'm sure it's waiting in his house but yeah no the uh the whole summer pulling was a great time but building the truck to remember andrew was very trying very testing um Something that I learned was the change. The changes that I made to go from 163 feet to 207 were essentially chassis driven. You don't need to make 
500 horsepower to start crawling out to that 200, 230, 250 mark. You need to know how to play with the chassis. And these guys that come out here with a, a dedicated 2.5 or 2.6 truck and go pulling work stock and stock classes, we're crying out loud. What are you, you, you trying to give yourself a hard on? Never heard of them, next. I mean, for crying out loud, I show up to some of these poles in my piece of shit 6.5, and don't get me wrong, I, it's a pretty truck. I'll give it that, but it ain't real fast. It doesn't really impress anybody. But I can sign up for a stock class, set the truck up, run it, go out 225 feet if I want to, and I, I can drive it home when I'm done. It's a legitimate farm truck still. Yeah. But these guys that come up with their dedicated 2526 trucks, they'll essentially put a bumper on them, toss a license plate on, toss a set of standard track bars, and yank the suspension stops. Well, what are you, what are you doing? It's a piece of crap. It doesn't work. What, what are you doing? Go pull in your own damn glass. That's it. You, you don't. Ooh. M- Mr. Sixth Grade decided to come over on the kindergarten side and beat up a kid. Ooh, uh, you know, I'm going to toss him off the merry-go-round. Get out of here. You're huge. Ooh, wow. You're so big and tall. Get out. No, I mean, I, it, it was a little disheartening because I see a lot of guys put a lot of time and effort into just putting together a 2526 truck, and they go out and try to run them in their designated classes, and they get their asses kicked by trucks that literally, they probably should be in the 3 world. You could put a 3 turbo, and they, and, they, and they would hang out. Yeah, and and the biggest thing was is that I could set up a and and go to run in a work stock class. It'd be a class of ten trucks, and five of those were two five trucks. And tech was letting them slide. Didn't matter if it was a Cummins Duramax Power Stroke. They let them in. They let them run, and they let them out. I'm not here to bitch and complain about the fact that I don't have the money to build a two five truck. Trust me, I've got that covered. But I'm doing this for a good time. I was doing it to right. more or less remember a friend and and try to keep a promise I made almost three and a half years ago. And to see the fact that they don't take the time to tech them, they don't take the time to check them, and there's really not a give a shit in the world. I mean, no wonder you have less and less guys want to come out and compete, and the classes are getting smaller. Yeah, that's a huge deterrent. You know, what encouragement does it give a new guy to come out and, especially knowingly, get his ass kicked by stuff that shouldn't even be in the class he's pulling in? I mean, all right. One of my good friends, Brad Pangborn, has a nice little black Duramax. He'd bring her out. She's just tuned, built trans, nothing special, 45 over sack injectors. He ran in the work stock class with a 100-horse tune. It's his daily driver. He tows a 25-foot and a 50-foot trailer with it, and he beats the brakes off that truck. That, to me, is a work stock truck. Stock charger, stock CP3, it has a, it has a fast, big deal. But it's essentially no more than what the average Joe can roll out of his garage Toss a set of tires right. on it, show up at the track. Bolt on stuff that everybody's doing. Exactly. And if you are going to run, and you're going to run what you brung, at least be honest and put yourself in the right class. And if you're going to try to compete, compete with the guys you should be you know, running with. Because as a first time, first go around, even if I were to have built another Duramax, or I would have built another truck to compete in the, the higher classes, you know what? I still would have got my ass kicked even with basic bolt-ons because of how many trucks are coming out there with modified chargers, yeah. modified fuel systems. Don't get me wrong. I love a Duramax. They're in through for the power. It's great. Um, to each their own. They're a wonderful thing. They're really expensive, and I honestly don't own one anymore because I got tired of paying the bills. But if you're going to compete and you know that you've got a truck that can hang with the 2526 guys, go put yourself in the right league. And for those of you who do have the money and are willing to spend it on said trucks, 
We appreciate your business and the opportunity to serve you. And we absolutely love donations. Yes, that too. But realistically, all right, the, the guys that can bump up and go to run the next class, it's great. I'm glad you guys go out, you have a good time. But if you're going to go out and have a good time, think about the other guys that are just starting out, that are just trying, giving it a go. You're going to beat the living brakes off of them every time because you already have a CP3, injectors, a fast, all the big kid stuff. And you're going to make everybody else look like a two-year-old. No, I agree with you. I, I had to learn that lesson kind of the hard way. Well, definitely learned it the hard way years ago. Um, up at Elkton, it was, at the time, it wasn't even, thumb had not split apart what is now street legal from pro street truck on the gasser side. Yep. It was all just street legal. And so, you know, we're talking, you know, 500 inch motors and whatever, crazy trucks. And some guy had come into the class and with some old, frankly, beater piece of shit. And I said after the show to Jim Storm, a sled operator, what, what was he thinking getting in that class with that? And he looked at me and he said, Charlie, everybody's got to start somewhere. And I have never criticized or tried to make light of somebody doing that since. He taught me a lesson that night. Everybody does have to start somewhere. Well, that's it, what that guy could do that night. And I don't think we ever saw him again. And that's unfortunate because maybe he got discouraged. Because he was, you know, spanked you know, across the board. And, he he and, was. And, and that was that. He was. And, and unfortunately back then there was no alternative class. There was no place else to put right, him. Right, yeah. He, he was either, you're either going to pull them or you're going to pull the super stocks. I mean. And nobody wants to be in that class. Yeah. So, you know, pick your poison. That's kind of how it went. Yeah. I mean, when I started pulling, well, I started running around with Drew and doing all this stuff. He never once would criticize anybody if it was their first go around. And that was one thing that I learned with him was he'd go around to meet the drivers before a pull. He'd talk to him. He'd get an idea of, okay, who are you? What are you running? What do you, you know, what'd you bring? And I think that's part of the reason that he kind of inched me into trying to do with a 6.5 is, yes, it is old iron. I'm not going to lie. It's a 30-year-old truck. And you know what? It ain't perfect. It ain't meant to be. But it was what I had and what he wanted to see run. So to say, yeah, I got to uphold his, the promise to him to build one and do it was great. It was excellent. But these other guys out there that might be trying to uphold a promise like their grandpa or their yeah. dad. Okay, you know, Drew was just one of my, my close, closer best friends. He wasn't family necessarily, but to the guys that are out there that possibly get discouraged their first run, trying to, you know, do it for dad or do it for grandpa, grandma, their uncle, whoever, get your big girl panties, pull the sons of bitches up, put your boots on, and go put it to the floorboard one more time. Yeah. Make changes. You know, I, I learned drop torsion bars all the way down, uh, spring clamps in the rear. Suspension stops if you can sneak them in. I'm not saying that out loud. Um, <laughs> if if you can pull off traction bars, if you can get away with doing tire pressure tire pressure changes. Are you laughing, <laughs> You know, I I had to learn the hard way, and I I really I have to thank Walt Sheeman up at uh, up at Prime Diesel and the and the team up there, and Mister uh, Mister Merchant himself for giving me all the information and input at uh, at Mason Pole. And even Tony Burkhardt, all those guys, I greatly appreciated the criticism, the help, the the words of encouragement. Because you know what? I definitely wouldn't have been able to do without these guys to gain almost 45 feet this year with no engine modifications, 
the bottom end of that truck still has 260,000 miles on it. If I decided to start up and go get grain with it tomorrow, you bet your ass I could. And that's the other thing too, that the you understand and so many don't is everybody's a, everybody's so proud now. Everybody's a Facebook genius. Oh, I know it all. I know everything. Shut up. No, you don't. Shut up. Humble yourself. Go talk to the guys out there doing it. I seriously learn more trackside than I know what to do. I showed up at Mason and I was, I was guessing and Walt and ever and Tracy and everybody that came down from prime and Austin, I had no freaking clue what I was doing. And Walt walked me through a whole bunch of different changes I could make just to the suspension and chassis. Eric Merchant came over, did the same thing, walked me through it, talked about timing, maybe changing something with my mechanical injection setup. It was, it was really humbling to hear directly from guys that have been doing it for a long time that run up in the two five, the two six, the three zero, even the pro stock classes, right? To get information because the guys on Facebook, yeah, they all want to talk a lot of shit and make it seem like they know it all, but if you've never seen them trackside, I don't want to hear yeah. a damn thing from them. Yeah, and that's that's all that is unfortunately the vast majority of them. They're out there spouting off all this advice because they hook at the local county fair and that's it. If that, yeah, I it, I mean another great help was Anthony yeah. Finkbeiner with the Inbred Inline team. My it, brother's uncle, cousin, nephew's son did it, so I know everything about it. Exactly, and and it was even more fun trying to make this all work because the quad star tuning out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, does all my turbos and fuel setups. John has never once sled pulled a day in his life. He has drag raced LS cars, small block cars, you name it. But he had absolutely no clue what to tell me. He built me a turbo and he built me a fuel system and said, punch it. That was it. So we had absolutely no idea what was about to happen when I put my foot to the floorboard for the first time. I was either A, going to blow it up, B, blow it up, C, make it happen, or D, I was walking home. We'll do it live! Fuck it! <laughs> and, and, and it worked out well. I did. I put nine hooks on the truck this year. And really, honestly, do you guys get discouraged from the first hook because somebody is out trying to do the dick swing contest thing? Fuck them. Well, I didn't know they made ninth place ribbons. Hey, you know what? It was 10th. Thank you. <laughs> and I wear that proudly. It's a participation medal for being dumb. No, you, it's a, you just got to go out there and do it and try and... It, 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 it's a trial and error sport. And yeah, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I saw quite a few people that showed up to different polls that I went to this year. They'd make one hook and they'd go, you know what? I'm never doing it again because I lost. You know what? Quit being a sissy. And that's something I see a lot now. Um, sorry, you younger generation. You're going to have to own this because you do do it. Well, I didn't win, so I don't want to come back. Well, did you try to learn anything? I mean, did you... Did you think there was any experience that was that was going to be necessary to do this? Yeah, this is not something you just walk into and you're good at. it. And honest to goodness, it's just like drag racing. I've taken the white truck to the track time and time again. Every time I learned something new about either setting my rear suspension up or how to launch with the turbo. And it, it changes every time. I get faster every time. But, but I watched all of Tim McAmis' videos. Oh, my goodness gracious. Not that they aren't good, because they are. Well, yeah, but screw YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. I, the Chilton manual for the 2010s. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. A lot of these people think they could just jump out of the driver's seat and they're going to do good the first time. It's it's not going to happen. It take, no. Practice makes perfect. And honestly, being an engineer, that's why I enjoy sled pulling. Because I have to find new ways to make my truck make it down the track being underpowered compared to everybody else. 
Yeah, there and being on dirt, there's there's things you can do. There's there's places you can go play. I I have said it announcing polls for years, and I still believe that it's true. There's no right way to get down a pulling track. There's just a whole bunch of wrong ones. And that moment that you find that one right way, you're suddenly going to go a hell of a lot further than you did yesterday. Yeah, and and on that day when you do do it. It may have just been luck. You may have tried something, and you want to attribute it to that, but track conditions allowed that change to work that night. Exactly. The next place down the street. It may not work. Pulling is so different from, especially the roundy round in drag racing, because it's not every Friday night every, out, at the, out at the fairgrounds. Every, well, you it, travel. Well, not okay, not only is it a travel thing. A lot of guys want to attribute it to like being like drag racing. Oh, it's chassis setup and it's about weight and this and no. Tires, suspension, how much the truck weighs, it all goes into play. Your torque converter goes into play. Yeah, it's similar to drag racing in that sense, but you're never on a consistent playing field no, ever. Never. It is a hundred percent different every night. Yeah. I mean the no prep guys maybe would they're closer. Yeah, I would say they're a little closer. They're closer, to but realistically, it, but, not, if, but the no prep guys once they find a stretch road they like in Mexico, that's the stretch they yeah, use. They're going back every time, and and that's the way it's going to be. So essentially, there's your consistency on a sled pulling track. You have none. Yeah, you have none because you are not going to the same street in Mexico every night. Exactly. You're going here, there, everywhere because that's where the sled goes. And yep, and everybody so got goes different the sled. Dirt. So do you. Exactly. You follow the slot and you just hope to God that you can make it work that night. Yeah. And, you know, in, realistically, a track could change in 45 minutes. Even less than that, honestly. Yeah. Especially I mean, around sundown. Yep. Around sundown, it can get soggy, it gets soft. And a lot of these guys are out there, oh, well, I want to run bottom of the class. All right. Well, that's great. I want to run top of the class every time because I want to be able to turn that hook down and say, you know what? The track was like this. Maybe after another 10 passes, it's going to be kind of like that. I'm going to make these changes. I'm going to go back out and give it another go. Depends. In my case, it would depend. Well. Time, of, the time of day, too. Time of day, yeah. I mean, If it's in the afternoon, okay, the sun's mid, out. Mid-afternoon, I'm in. You know. Top I'm, of the class, let's do yeah, it. Yeah. I want to be early. If it's after sundown or close to it, then oh. yeah, I probably want to, I want to be late. Yeah. Well, and that, that was another thing. Smith's Creek was a great experience for that. We hot lapped the hell out of my poor truck. That, yeah. We're surprised that the 6.5 walked itself back up on the trailer that night because after f- almost five passes, she was getting a little roasty toasty. <laughs> we, we melted 45 pounds of ice on the top of that motor to keep it cool. <laughs> EGTs are just a number. Yeah, well, so are engine coolant temps, <laughs> at least in my case. But, you know, as the day wore on, the track got more soupy, and that mid-afternoon pass that I made in the stock class wasn't the one that made all the difference. So it, it you're right. It comes down to what the weather conditions are. And you're right. When sun goes down, put me at the bottom of the class because then I know it's a pack track. Yeah. Well, we got through most of what I wanted to talk about, I think, tonight in, in a condensed form. I had I had more, but we're uh, closing in on an hour. I think that's good for bringing sidetrack back. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it leaves more on the table, too, for uh, for another show here. Well, you know, in a week or so. Time to... Uh, I should it. stop promising that, but the, this time I'm actually going to try to do it because it's wintertime and things are quiet. And It's time to get out and go. I've got stuff I have to sit down and crunch, and uh, I want to I do a 
Well, I actually I can't do it this year. I was gonna. I was thinking, you know, I need to do the do like I did last year, the the Louisville show about sameness of competitors. But man, they made some changes this year. It's gonna be different uh, when we get down there in February. It's they they made some they made some good moves. Um, little uh, little thicker competition this year, or bigger competition, some class changes. So you you won't have the issue of let's say 19 versus 18 and 18 versus 17 where uh, <clears throat> on any given night you are largely going to see probably 60 to 65 percent the exact same show as one year ago oh that's not bad same competitors same everything well this year that's not gonna be the case there's there was a lot of changes so you got two two classes of light supers now instead of just one they've got their finals um open super and deal super will be heads up nice. five and five um happened to at I was at PRI, happened to bump into uh, Jody and Colin Ross, and I found him at, of all places, staring at the 143 millimeter turbo from Precision. <laughs> I come around <laughs> the corner and, and Colin's standing up there. I walked right up to him and said, Imagine me finding you here looking at that, of all the things in this building. And uh, chatted with them for, for a few minutes. And uh, he said multiple times, He's never wanted to win a hook more than he wants to win this one. Uh, just because of being a combined deal, he, he's like, "Yeah, we okay, we got him, we got him back home outdoors on that deal." But th- this one, this, I, is, this I, is the hot ticket. I want this more than anything. So they're they're coming out, they're gonna come out guns a blazing with triple bypass. Woo! Yeah, second tractor is coming along. They're gonna have the second one out. Probably it'll probably be out in twenty twenty at some point too. So nice. More more diesel supers is always a good thing. Always. Uh, well, as a fan, as some, and as somebody that stands trackside, yes, more, more power. Yeah. More, more ether. A little more ether won't hurt it. Okay. <laughs> four more cans. Come on. Get that sucker warm. Heat it up. All right. I think that's as far as I'm going to push it for tonight. It's a good start. It's a good start. You can bring it back. You have the technology. Shorter, we did it. We got a show. <laughs> he's only he's only made, and I I told him to do it. He's only pestered me about three times a week for the last five months. Yeah, well, it was funny because he finally said to me the other night, he says, "You know what? I'm going to stop. I'm done. I'm giving up. Charles is never going to record again." And I said, "You know what? If I have to drive up there once a month for the next God knows how long to record a show with him, I freaking will. Let's get this <laughs> thing back." Now, as I said at the top of the show, there's been a lot in in my personal life. It's been very and and. Uh, on top of the stuff I'm trying to manage, just even alone, with going to with going to Dirty Hooker, dream job. I love what I'm doing there. It's awesome. But for me personally, this is far and away the longest commute I've ever had for a job. How far are you driving? It's it's an hour and twenty minutes to get up there. Ooh, been there, done that. Not a good time. Yeah. So you leave the house at whatever six o'clock in the morning and go to work, and then I'm not getting back down here until so probably seven thirty eight o'clock. Seven thirty, and by the time I let the dogs out and have something to eat and check the mail or whatever, next thing you know, it's it, it very easily now it's nine o'clock at night, and you're spent. I'm done. Yep. I, I don't have the energy left, and last thing I want to do, and and I'm not going to show you what this my my house is mostly clean, but my office right here right now is a disaster because it's literally been just a landing place for five okay, months. You can still walk through here, so it's it's not a hundred percent a disaster. All right, I got right, a jump right. on this side. Okay, of the desk, I, I on your jump. side of the desk, it's a little worse, but there's a jump I got to make. Man, well, laptop. So and there's so there's lava. Old on the wireless floor. mics and videos and a 
broken blower belt sitting back here on the floor. Does that say Charles Born tape? What the hell is that one? <laughs> Shit, thought I hid that. Oh, gosh. All right, all right. You cannot run for public office now that I've seen that. It's, you can have that shit. Hard pass. Uh, anyway, it's just, you know, yeah. Like, just it's hard to come down here at 9 o'clock at night. And, like, tonight, we're, we're going we're gonna to easily rack up 60 minutes recording. Try to talk for 60 minutes straight by yourself, number one. And number two, then then once I've recorded it all, I, I got to go back. to edit it. Well, I don't, we, you know, that's always been a thing about podcasting. We don't, the number of times I've gone back and like actually, actually edited. edited something, very little. We, we let it all fly. The only time that something gets quote unquote edited is if we ever had a uh, major malfunction. Well, not, not, and even that didn't really happen. A lot of times when, if it did, it was actually hilarious. So we left it. If we had a guest who was, who was a call into the show, everything was up and we were recording. But they didn't know we were recording, so that's number one for me. They need to know that they're on. Yep, yep. But we were rolling just to make sure everything was working. Yeah. That, that we, were gonna, we weren't going to have any issues, and, and the way to do that is literally just do it. Record it all and make sure it's working. And we always tell them, hey, all right. You're everything, on. You're, you know, line's good. It sounds good. System's working. Everything's what it should be. We're going to treat it like we're coming back from break, and we're going to be on. We're going to go with the yep. interview. All that crap that would happen before that, that wasn't intended for public consumption, yeah, that gets chopped off and deleted. Yeah, chipped out. But, you know, for me to come down here, you know, like this show tonight, I'm going to have to go back and put the intro on it, throw a, throw a song in if that's what I'm going to do, put the back end on it, shove in some ads somewhere. Yep. I'm looking at probably, it took an hour to record it. I'm probably looking at including processing, crunching time, and posting it to the website. I'm looking at easily another 90 minutes of work after this is done. And that's what people don't realize. It's not as simple as just coming down here and flipping the mic on. No, it's and not. There a, are, it, there are shows that are done that way and it sounds like it. And I don't want that for this. It sounds like it's recorded in grandma's closet and it sounds like shit. I can't listen to it. This but, show has never been like that. And I will, except for a couple shows when we first moved to Drew's house after, after we, we uh, vacated Nick's studio, a couple of those shows, cause we just didn't have the equipment. We're, Shitty, like, and it. Oh, I, I hate listening to those episodes. Fingernails on a chalkboard, Timmy. I can't have that, right? But it is a workload for me now that I got to do all that. So, so to do that on a weeknight, if I it's if impossible. I get down here at nine o'clock, I'm looking to go to bed at midnight, and I got to be up at five thirty six in the morning, and go back to work again. Exactly, and then you're you're running on fumes the next day, and it's just it's not worth trying to yeah to so wrestle with it. It's not it's not that I don't care or that I don't want this to be a thing. I do. You have life going on around it. But it is tough. It's, it's tough. not just a radio show. Yeah, it is tough. So, yes, there will be more. It's the wintertime. Things are slow, kind of quiet. Um, I can think of a few weeks where I won't be around because it sounds like, you know, like I'm going to Oklahoma one week and then farm, farm show week probably not. Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Breathe the mountain air. But we're going to try. And, uh, yeah, season four. We'll call it season four. How's that? Season four. That's fair. We're launching season four of Sidetrack. All right. My name is Posh. And I'm Bowles. Good night. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Mm Mm-mm. 
Fuck this shit, I'm out. No thanks. Don't mind me. I'ma just grab my stuff and leave. Excuse me, please. Fuck this shit, I'm out. No. Fuck this shit, I'm out. All right then. I don't know what the fuck just happened, but I don't really care. I'ma get the fuck up out of here. Fuck this shit, I'm out.